Hi guys, this is Jack with episode three of the Modern Deist podcast. Um, really hope you enjoy this one because it's going to be kind of a uh, a personal one. First of all, uh, I have made a decision that as I'm doing these podcasts in my mornings, what I'm going to do is uh, kind of structure things so that the ducks aren't so close to me. That way, we don't have uh, the incessant quacking that we had in episode one. So uh, there'll be occasionally a duck quack or two. A couple of them looking at me right now, but. Uh, by feeding them their morning sprouts in a location different than where I'm filling their pools, I'll be able to, to keep doing things. And th- this one should be really good sound-wise because I'm actually down in the very back of my property by the pond, so I'm not even near uh, cars or anything but a few of the flyover ducks that uh, get into the pond where they're not supposed to be. Anyway, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is is really kind of a two-thing uh, podcast. First is I want to talk to you guys about how I became a deist, because I think many of us that have become deists have very similar stories, and for some reason, uh, a great deal of us seem to come out of Roman Catholicism like I do. The other thing I want to do is kind of answer the, the question that I get the most from people who uh, are new to the concept of deism. Many times they're agnostics or atheists, and uh, while they don't agree with religion, they kind of understand the point. They say, like, well, I, I don't agree with Christianity, or I don't agree with, you know, Judaism, whatever. but I get the point. This is the, there's things you do. So what's the point of being a deist? Why does it even matter? Why do you care? Um, and what do you do once you're a deist? You know, you don't have a deist church or a, G, a deist catechism or something like that. So let's start with my story. I, I grew up in the Catholic Church um, kind of with two perspectives. Um, my family from my mother's side was Roman Catholic, uh, quite devoutly so. And uh, my my family on my father's side were a sect of Catholicism called Ukrainian Catholic, which is kind of a weird thing because it's actually a, a Greek church and has elements of uh, traditional Catholicism, some little elements of Judaism more prominent than traditional Catholicism, some things that even seem a little bit out of the Greek Orthodox uh, church, and... Uh, Masses sometimes are said in English, and then high masses were said in Ukrainian, which I didn't speak and was drugged to anyway. Uh, with those two different perspectives into the same window of Catholicism, I grew up, you know, learning the typical catechism. I was confirmed. I had my first communion, my first confession. As a small child, I, I remember being told to go into this dark room with a priest and tell him everything that I'd done wrong so he could tell me how to be forgiven. And even as a small child, a lot of this stuff didn't really work for me. I spent quite a few years in Catholic uh, school uh, until I managed to get myself tossed out in seventh grade, pretty much intentionally, because I just didn't want to be there anymore. And uh, my attempts to, uh, to to be set free uh, were met with uh, with no. So I decided if I made enough of a disruption, the school would simply throw me out, which they did. And I went back to uh, government schools, as I call them now. At the time, I called them public schools. And at least I got out of from under this this thumb and completed my catechism through Sunday school and and uh, got confirmed in eighth grade. That was an interesting thing for me, too. Um, when I was a kid, everybody was getting confirmed in the Catholic Church in fourth grade. And uh, so, you know, you get your confirmation, you're, you're done with that part of your, your life. And uh, the year I was supposed to be confirmed, they moved it to eighth grade. And uh, the reason was, well, once you guys get confirmed, you disappear and we never see you again. Hmm, that was actually a sign to me something was wrong too, but I was young and I didn't really understand it all. When I was uh, in my teens, we moved to Pennsylvania from Florida, and that's where I spent more time with my grandmother that was in the uh, the Ukrainian Catholic Church. And I actually, at that point, became quite a rebellious teenager. I stopped going to church, and I realized it was because I never believed anything I was being told. 
I liked things like the priest homily where he just kind of talked to you and told you stories and gave you lessons in life. But the uh, the whole you go to hell if you do this and you have to do that and go to church every Sunday and all of it, it, it didn't make any sense to me even then. And I joined the Army at 17. I served three years, served during the first Gulf War. Uh, I also served in Panama and Honduras, and I saw people all over the, the world living in poverty and, and yet still finding some happiness in, in their lives. I came back to the States. I was just barely 21 years old. and uh, In fact, I wasn't 21 years old when I came back. I was a couple, of, couple months after I got out of the Army before I could legally drink a beer. And uh, I took a walk on the Appalachian Trail. Not the whole thing, but I walked from Pennsylvania to New Hampshire. And then it would have summoned on Mount Washington. And uh, kind of found myself, came to Texas. And in all of this, I had moved into a world that I would call somewhat agnostic. I had decided that uh, none of this made sense. So since none of it made sense, there must not really be an alternative. But yet I believed in God. Um, I didn't know what God was, but I believed in God. I was a deist without the name. I didn't know the name at all. And in through this kind of period of reflection, I started reading a lot of different spiritual works, some quite metaphysical and some just quite philosophical. I read fiction books like Jonathan Livingston Stegall and Illusions by the author Richard Bach that talked about thought forms and uh, started to formulate an idea that maybe the universe universe itself on some levels was a thought form. And if you read the work of Dr. Robert Lanza on biocentrism, that's actually kind of cutting-edge physics philosophy right now. I guess if there is such thing as physics philosophy... Uh, and, and has quite a bit of respect. Um, I read works like uh, James Redfield's book, The Celestine Prophecy, and why I didn't buy into a lot of the uh, the real extreme um, kind of transcendentalism in it and this concept that people could disappear or whatever. That's, that's kind of just uh, hocus-pocus. But looking at things like what we consider coincidences and meeting the right people at the right time, uh, energetic responses, Carl Jung's... Uh, Struggle for Energy is really laid out well in the first novel, The Celsing Prophecy by Redfield. I looked into the work of people like Robert Monroe, who experienced out-of-body experiences and wrote many books about them, and came at it from a fairly agnostic point of view, and, and really thought something was wrong with him and couldn't get an answer, so he went on his own journey of exploration. I wrote, read completely out-of-this-world stuff by people like Carlos Castaneda. And in all of this, I found a lot of fanciful stuff, but I also found a lot of realistic practical ways of looking at the world. Dan Millman, uh, uh, The Peaceful Warrior, I read. I mean, uh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I was, I was struggling to find something that made sense. And I, I couldn't really find anything that made sense. And one day I was, uh, you know, well, I guess I left a little part of this out. Concurrently with this, I meet my wife. Her family's Methodist. I start going to Methodist church. I know the Bible really well. Um, and I actually kind of rise up as like a leader and teacher in the Methodist church really, really quickly. I have people that are, you know, twice my age coming to me for advice and stuff like that. And I eventually decide like I, I'm being false. This is, I don't believe any of the things that I'm telling people. So I also kind of walked away a second time from the church there very, very quietly and peacefully and, and, and what have you, which is not quite how I left the Catholic church. I uh, wish those people well and, and saw a lot of good in what they were doing. And what my, kind of brings me to that analogy is all of these different looks at spirituality, I could always take back to the church and go, for all the things I don't like about the church, there are some good things. There's a, a moral grounding, etc. And I had this hunger to have some group of people to commune with, right? 
And um, one day I'm talking to this lady, because I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk to you about spirituality, and she goes on the whole trying to save me, quoting John 3.16 and me and stuff like that. So I throw a little bit of Bible verse at her to show her, look, you're not telling me anything I don't know. And she asked me, basically, well, how do you know all this? So I kind of relate to her what I just related to you now. And then I said, you know, this is how I feel. And she says, oh, you're a deist. So I'm like, I'm a deist. And I kind of remember that word from way back in catechism during comparative religion. And it was like this little blurb that was, you know, but I'm like, can't remember it. So I'm like, I asked her, what's a deist? She says, gives me the clockmaker thing. You know, it's the clockmaker made the universe and walked away. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. That's, That's it. I'm a deist because... I needed this to end. This was a work relationship, and I needed to diplomatically end, and I didn't want to have the conversation with her anymore, but they're trying to you know, save me for myself. Well, later that day, I Googled deism, and I realized how much more in-depth, how much more spiritual deism really is, how many more uh, ways you can look at deism. And I, I look at things, and I'm going to do my next podcast on pandeism, pandeism pantheism, and panantheism. All right? And like, to me, those aren't faiths. Those are like philosophies within the deist umbrella and i started realizing there was so much freedom of choice and this was something to be looked into and learned more about i learned about the fact that thomas Paine was a deist and and, and and thomas jefferson was a deist benjamin franklin was a deist washington likely was a deist we're not completely sure of that and uh it, it opened up a whole world for me and i dug into deism and that brings me to the, the kind of the second piece of this well what's the point because what you what you find when you talk to someone who's asking you about deism that's not on board with it. That's one of the things I get to. Like, And you get this from both people that are uh, members of revealed religions, like Christians, and you get this also from people who are atheist or agnostic. Well, if you, if you think that God is this thing that's separate and apart from us, or even this integrated spirit, but it doesn't ask anything of you, God doesn't give you commands, there's no ritual to follow, what's the point? Well, I think, first of all, the point is to understand the universe. To understand the, the same question that the physicist, the, the, the person studying quantum mechanics is trying to dis- discover. How does all this work? Where did all this come from? I think that's just a, a noble pursuit. But I do see deism as a spiritual belief. I don't see it as a theism. Uh, in other words, I don't see it as something that you are loyal to or that has a code. It is for each man to walk his own path. But it is a spirituality, and it is a spirituality that requires logic and reason. And when we have logic and reason as human beings, one of the next things we have to look at is a basic fundamental morality. And it allows you to look and say, well, how should I conduct myself as a man when dealing with another man? You know, should I? And it's just basic things. If I don't want my property stolen, I shouldn't steal the property of another. I don't need a. Uh, a, a carving supposedly etched by the finger of God in a rock to, to give me that morality. And I do know many people who are atheists uh, and, and agnostics who are quite moral people. They don't need, I guess, deism to, to found that morality for them. But I think you get a stronger sense of morality if you understand the basic concepts of deism, that we are all created beings one way or another. Now, I personally don't believe that God pulled man out of the dirt and made him, like, you know, the Adam and Eve story. Uh, I believe in the evolutionary process. I think there's a tremendous amount of scientific effort for that. But even if that's the case, that doesn't take away the fact that we are all coming from the same root. That we all come from the same finite spirit that is God. So therefore, when I harm another, I harm myself. And I think that's the point. That's that's the real point. Uh, Both an understanding of 
our place in the universe and, and what our what our mission in our own lives should become. Uh, walking hand in hand with the creation and therefore the creator to determine our own direction, our own our own goals, our own points, the thing that we're here to accomplish in our finite lifetimes as human beings. And the other side is to know in that walk how to interact and how to do good and how to do right by other people. And I don't think we, again, we don't need commandments, we don't need threats of eternal damnation for just the very fact that God is to mean that that's what we should do. So that's what it means to me. And if that doesn't mean that for you, that's okay. And that's, that's my, my real thing about deism that I love, guys. We don't have to agree to be deists. All we have to agree on is one central tenet, that there is some underlying spirit or force, that which we call God, that is responsible for the universe and the creation that we see. Exactly how that works as deists, we admit that we don't know. So all of the other things that we talk about, and like I said, the next one we'll talk about pantheism, panantheism, and pandeism are philosophies within the umbrella. They're not meant to be codes or, 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 or things that you lock in on and say, well, I'm going to label myself as this. The, I think the, the label of deist is a narrow enough niche in the world. I, I think the other point of being a deist, though, is if God really is, if God lives, in the words of James Cavanaugh, who's another person I've read a lot, um, if God lives... If God is, if this creation is God, and this creation is good, and there is tremendous opportunity for beauty and love and harmony in this creation, and yet we have people out speaking ill of God, blaming God for the deaths of people, or holding up that God would save the life of someone if their faith was deep enough or something like that, then as, 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 as children of the creation, right, then... I believe it's up to us as deists to speak up and say that's not how God works. Not to go into yet another lengthy battle over who is right, but simply to point out God doesn't work that way. God doesn't answer your prayers like a genie. God doesn't give something to someone and take something away from somebody else because that's theft and God doesn't is not in the theft business. The point of deism is to be a voice to other members of the creation for the creator himself as co-creators, if that makes sense. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed your story. I'd love to hear your story about how you came to deism and what your thoughts are. I'd love to know what you'd like to hear next on the Modern Deist podcast. I would also love uh, if you would help support our new podcast, our, you know, our new podcast, quite old site. site's actually been in place since 2012. That's how long I've blogged there. But the podcast is new. And if you'd like to support the site, all you have to do is go to moderndeist.org. You can see all the great stuff we have there. And there's a link where you can do your Amazon shopping through that link. And that way it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you just go to a different website before you go to Amazon. You support our work here at moderndeist.org. And with that, I wish you a great and wonderful day, my friends.